All right, I want you to look on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, He will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Notice what God does. He doesn't eat the seed all of Himself. He gives us seed. Can you say amen to that? He gives us seed. If you eat the seed, what happens to your harvest? You have none because you ate it. But if you plant it in somebody else, God multiplies the seed. Notice what it does. It produces a great harvest, but also a harvest of generosity in us. How many of you know when we function as hero makers, God enlarges our hearts and we begin to move in a a Holy Spirit anointing of generosity? How many of you know that's when things really get to be fun? When you take what you have and use it as a blessing to other people, that's when your life really gets to be exciting. Look what it says next. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. This is what's called prosperity with a purpose. Why does God bless you? So that you can always be generous. Isn't this beautiful? Why should we expect the blessing of God? So that we can always be That is so good. We can be hero makers. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So look at verse 12. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem are going to be met. But look at what else happens. They will joyfully express their thanks to God. Now check this out. How many of you have been blessed by God in any way, shape, or form? What do we do with the blessing? We give it away to somebody else our time, our encouragement, our love, our wisdom, whatever it is, practical things, stuff we have, we give it away. What happens as a result? Those people get blessed. What do they do? They give thanks to God. It's a beautiful triangle of glory here. God gives. We serve it. We bless others. They praise God. It goes around and around, and it's a beautiful cycle of generosity and blessing. The generous person will never experience lack. I'm going to say that again. The generous person will never experience lack. Remember what I shared with you all last week about the amazing gift that my nephew received? Somebody wrote him a $35,000 check that got him completely out of debt with his mortgage. And, uh, and I share with you that that seed was planted two generations before my variant's father who bought this dentist uh, his first computer uh, system, all right? And I, I, I challenge you all because... I said, what all of us go think by default is we're like, man, I wish somebody would write me the $35,000 or $35, check. Don't you? I did. I wish someone would write me a $35,000 check. But if we understand hero making, what we should be saying is, who's the next person I can invest in? So that my seed and my seed's seed is blessed. You all with me? It's a shift because we're always putting ourselves at the center. We're always in the limelight. And by nature, it's about me and it's about you. This is why Jesus has to conquer us, knock us off the pedestal and get us focusing on other people. If you will be a generous person, you will always have more than enough. Let's pray. Father, as we give today, bless us, encourage us, build our faith, turn our eyesight outward to be great lovers of other people. Lord, let us be hero makers truly in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for your I-54 faithfulness too as we continue to to, uh, pay off the new edition. Aren't you enjoying it? You know, we just got together as a staff uh, this week. We've got this amazing Christmas celebration coming up here and uh, it's gonna be awesome. I can't wait. Isn't it weird that we're already talking about Christmas?
Wow, we're, we're only like a week away from October. How did that happen? Hey, how about while we're giving? You guys open for some testimonies? Can you be multitaskers? A couple testimonies. Jesus, come on up here. Give Jesus a big hand. Great, y'all here. Yeah, that's yes. Come on. Um, you had an amazing time this weekend. Share, share in a nutshell. What did the Lord do in you? How did he change you? Say first, I didn't do anything about one because it was a band of brothers or an encounter. So my wife was, you going to the encounter? You going to the encounter? My third time. I don't know. That was enough. Brent, Barnett. How many for you? Hey, did you sign up? And then it was um, Jerry. Hey, did you sign up? Hero maker, hero maker, hero maker. I love it. Look at that. Come on. Same thing. You know, she says, band of brothers is good. But the concert's better, so I'm convinced I came. But so um, there was a prophetic um, that was typed up, and so you grab one, didn't know which one you grab, but they're upside down. And this one said, "There's a time that we walked together, and then you lost it because you kept looking back. I am ahead, look forward." And that just hit me right on the money because it's like uh, sometimes those things are hindering that we should be focusing on your head versus behind us because. What's behind us should stay behind you and go forward because God's ahead. And, uh, I got to say that um, this morning I shared because uh, I found this uh, papers that I had uh, gave my daughter permission to give me a report card. And uh, the, the, the questions were like, does that show you love? Got a grade. Does that build up confidence in you? Does he... Discipline. I mean, I, series of questions that came out, and I think I averaged maybe, I'm doing a curve here, maybe a C. It's not good enough. And so I realized the fire in me had, had kind of dwindled down to almost nothing, my first love. And so that was what I told the brothers. I want that. The songs just light the fire again, Lord. So that fire to bless my children. I didn't ask my wife because I knew the answer. I was going to be failing that, but and I know if Bishop was here, he would say, "See me in six months." He would say, <laughs> okay, see me in six months. You're going to see because I also gave permission to the brothers. We exchanged numbers, and I gave permission to ever if you ever hear anything negative about me or see anything to get in my face. So, congregation, yes. got permission to get in my face because I want to grow. So God can definitely back with kind of option. Come on, buddy. Going forward. So thank you. Uh, Johnson, thank you. Johnson family for what the time and investment wasn't in vain. I can hear Pastor Johnson, Bishop Johnson, through all these brothers who have been uh, poured into them and poured into them. So now you hear them, you know, the same words, you know, uh, die, 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 die. Hey man, I love you, man. Amen. <laughs> All right, where's Tony? Come on down. Did he take off? Oh, there he is. Come on up here, Tony. Tony on the east. Hey, the Lord, the Lord did some powerful things in your heart, and what I loved about it was this is a tough guy. You can tell he's a tough guy. But, man, the Holy Spirit makes mush balls out of tough guys, and, uh, and, and that's how it's supposed to be. So I just appreciate it. Why don't you share what, what the Lord did in you this weekend? Man, uh... Two words, life-changing, you know. Hmm. 
Come on, brother. Love you. Proud of you. Awesome. 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 Isn't that awesome? And that's, that's two of, of about 25 others that could come up here and share uh, what God did. You'll hear more, I'm sure, throughout the rest of the week and marriage ministry and some of those things. Let me just say, I too, I think I failed to officially welcome our guest. We had a lot of fun so far. I hope you feel welcome, but welcome. We're glad you're here if this is your first time. Amen. Glad you're here. We would love to connect with you, and the way we do that is simply through that connection card that you got handed on the way in. Uh, And now that we've already received the offering, you probably missed the chance to drop it in because I completely forgot about it. But you can go out to our Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. We'd we'd love to get that information just so we can follow up with you. Sometimes people have prayer needs, and and that's the way you communicate your prayer need is right on there what's going on so we can pray and we can follow up with you. Same thing if you've been here a while and you want to get connected with a certain ministry. uh, Hey, how do I I help there? How do I serve there? Just check that thing off, and we'll have somebody from that that directs that ministry call you up and uh, connect with you so we can get you plugged in, all right? All right, I want you to get your Bibles out this morning to Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 8. We're going to get there in just a moment. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But we're going to have a lot of fun today. I've got my cape out here again. I brought it out last week. We're going to have some fun with this cape again. I don't know how long that's going to go on, but I'm just warning you, don't fall asleep. Every one of you, I'm telling you, i got a surprise that's going to blow you away. Um, Lock the doors, please. Don't let anybody sneak out right now after I I shared that. I'm kidding. Anyway, um, somebody's going to be wearing this cape today, and uh, I'm just waiting for the Lord to show me the exact person. But be ready if it's you, all right? And you got to cooperate because you'll mess up my illustration, and I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like it when people mess up my illustrations. All right. Hey, we've been sharing about how every hero, behind every hero, there's a hero maker, and I encouraged you this last week, encouraged you today, how about this? How about making it a lifestyle that when you find people who have made an investment in your life, that you thank them and you communicate what a blessing they've been to you. I was sharing that there's been people in my life, people in your life. If we think back, there's always been somebody that we can point back to that has made us a deposit in us 
This helped us do several things. Maybe they helped me see a greater cause in my life to live for. I love Tony's words. You know, God speaking to him, if you want all of me, you've got to give me all of you. Well, God's being a hero maker in Tony's life. Say, hey, come on, I'm trying to, trying to bring you along to a greater cause, a, a bigger battle, a bigger dream. I've had heroes help me focus in on what was really important when I got a little confused or off track. I've had people bring clarity and, and, and direction in my life when I needed it. I've had, I've had people help call me forth into my destiny. You know, I love what Jesus just said. Basically, did you all hear him? He said, I, my score, my grades coming off on the way I'm ministering to my wife and the way I'm leading my family are not where I want them to be. I want to be a man of God. And here's what he gave us all permission to do, is to be hero makers in his life. To encourage him, to love him, to believe in him, to, to challenge him call him up. Isn't it amazing how he's waffling and two of our men picked up the phone and gave him a phone call. That's what hero makers do. They help pull you out and help set you free and help bring you into your destiny so you can be all that God's called you to be. How about, you know, when you think of uh, Hollywood movies that have inspired us, and you might have to think for a while because Hollywood's not doing such a great job of inspiring us. Usually I feel like I got to take a shower. Uh, Actually, I don't go to movies anymore because I don't want to take excessive showers. It's too costly on the water bill. But anyway, I make good choices, and there's not a lot to see that inspires you, but if you think about the movies over the years that have inspired us, almost all of them without exception have a struggling hero who has a hero maker that comes alongside of them at the right moment, speaks into their life, gives them some encouragement or wisdom or something at a strategic point in their life and literally sees that person become somebody that they never could have been by themselves. Let me give you some examples. I don't know if we got any Star Wars fans out here, but my son-in-law, Aaron, is a Star Wars maniac, all right? In fact, I should probably have him come up here. He's got a much greater Star Wars anointing on his life than I do, but... How many of you know Luke Skywalker would have been nothing without Obi-Wan Kenobi, all right? And we would all be under the spell of darkness and evil. The force would not be with us. But he trained him to lead the rebellion and to overthrow the empire, all right? Thank God for Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I am going to move into my anointing right now because this came out back in my day, back old school. Anybody remember the Rocky series? Come on. And... uh, it got ridiculous because it's like Rocky 13 or something like that now, and it's, it's definitely been, been worn out. But remember Rocky number one, all right? Oh, man, where would Rocky be if it wasn't for Mickey, the trainer? Got in his corner, got in his ear, trained Rocky. Check this out. He trained him not only how to win a boxing match, but he trained him how to inspire a city and a nation. And when I hear the Rocky music, even now, it makes my blood start to boil. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I get inspired. How about this? This is one of my favorites too. Gandalf and little Frodo Baggins and the Lord of the Rings, all right? Um, This cute little hobbit with hairy toes, right, is called upon to fulfill this amazing mission. Notice, he doesn't tell him to do it by himself. No little hobbit can handle the size of the, de- of the task before him, but he f- gets a fellowship, right? A fellowship of brothers who are all different and different gifts and everything. And this little band of misfits takes on the evil empire and saves Middle Earth. Does it get any better than that? All right. Where would we be if it was not for Gandalf? 
And you can think of good movies, great movies, inspiring movies. There's always somebody in that movie that takes the role of the hero maker and helps that person, the hero, helps that, that hero do what they were called to do. Let's get to some Bible examples. We talked about some of these last week. How about Paul and Timothy? Paul pouring into his young, young son Timothy and Timothy becoming a great man of God himself. How about Moses and Joshua? You know, I was reading about their relationship this week. And I came across Deuteronomy 34, 9, right at the end of Moses' life. And it says this about, about Joshua. Now, Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why? Here's why. For Moses had laid his hands on him. Isn't this powerful? Moses was the hero maker. Joshua's getting ready to take the mantle. He's freaking out. Remember all those times at the beginning of Joshua where the Lord and Moses himself is saying, be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you. Remember all that? But it took a hero maker, Moses, to put his hands on Joshua and to impart something. Guess what we do at these encounter weekends? We have normal men and women who have been healed themselves full of the Holy Spirit, functioning and moving in spiritual authority. They lay hands on you. And guess what happens when you lay hands on people, biblically speaking? There is a supernatural impartation that takes place. Joshua started moving in a whole new realm of wisdom and confidence because he had a hero maker in his life named Moses. How about Naomi and Ruth and the beautiful relationship that they had? Naomi pouring into Ruth, but Ruth also believing in Naomi, staying with Naomi uh, and standing with her in her time of need. What a beautiful picture. How about Mordecai and Esther? The Bible says in Esther chapter 2, verse 7, this man had a very beautiful and lovely young cousin. Speaking of Mordecai, her name was Hadassah, who was also called Esther. When her father and her mother died, Mordecai adopted her into his family and raised her as his own daughter. I don't know about you, but nothing touches my heart more than seeing a picture of the father's redemptive heart as it's expressed in adoption. Esther's family, her parents, had died. She was an orphan, but she didn't stay an orphan because, thank God, there was a man named Mordecai who moved with a father's heart and a hero maker anointing. And he said, you're not going to be an orphan. We're bringing you into our home. We're going to treat you as our own. You're going to be part of our family. Is there anything more beautiful in the body of Christ than families that open up their homes to love people who are fatherless or motherless or in a difficult situation? That's what it means to be a hero maker. This isn't rocket science. It's about loving people. It's about believing in people. It's about lifting people. It's about encouraging people. It's about being there when people are struggling. It's about being a hero maker. Every one of us is called to it. Thank God we have a Bible full of hero makers. But here's the deal. I want to I move into how do we move from being the hero to being a hero maker. There's five important shifts that need to happen in our lives. I'm going to take these one week at a time. So don't worry. I'm not going to give you the full plate today. I'm going to give you one. And we're going to model it at the end of the service in a very powerful way. But the first hero making practice that I want to touch on today is, is called multiplication thinking. Multiplication thinking. This is when you move from thinking that the best way to maximize ministry is through your own efforts alone to understanding what actually happens when you develop the leadership skills of others. Now, I got to backtrack just for a second because I don't know how many of you are NFL fans or you enjoy football, but last year, who won the Super Bowl? The Eagles. All right, now that's completely irrelevant on the grand scheme of redemptive history, but there might be an Eagle fan out there. I'm sorry. All right, but anyway, you're, I'm not an Eagle fan, but I am a fan of Eagle players, and let me tell you why. A bunch of players on that team 
are radical Jesus lovers. And they're more than Jesus lovers, they're hero makers. They were posting, when I started hearing about Carson Wentz, their rookie quarterback, his great love for God. When I heard about Nick Foles, the backup quarterback, his love for God. When I started seeing on Twitter pictures that the Eagles players were posting of baptisms when they're traveling away to an away game and they lead somebody to Christ on their team, they baptize them in the hotel pool. How many of you know that is cool? That is cool. And... And here's a little history for you. The, the, the Carson Wentz, superstar quarterback, rookie quarterback, uh, tore his ACL at the end of last year, only a ga- only couple games before going to the Super Bowl, out for the season. Nick Foles came in as his backup and did something highly unusual. A backup quarterback led them to the Super Bowl, and he was the Super Bowl MVP. Well, here's what's happening today. History is being made for all Eagles fans because Carson Wentz has been recovering all the way up until this week. Nick Foles has been the starting quarterback. Nick Foles has been leading the Eagles to victories. Nick Foles could probably be starting on most teams in the NFL. But what's happening this week is there's a baton baton passing. And the media can't figure it out. Because what's happening is with a smile on his face, Nick Foles is handing the football to Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz is now, his leg is healed. He's coming in the game. And the people were interviewing him. Because how many of you know the media always love crisis? They always love conflict. And they're going, hey, do we have a quarterback controversy here? And this is what he says. This is what Nick Foles says. Hey, I believe in my brother. I cheer my brother on. He cheers me on. When he was down, uh, he cheered me on. When, I, when I've been down, I cheer, or when he's down, I cheer him on. He is the starting quarterback, and I understand my role, and I am joyfully handing the ball over to him today, and I will be his biggest fan, cheering him on on the sidelines, because that's what hero makers do. It's not about me. It's not about my ego. It's about, it's about somebody else being lifted up, and me coming alongside them to encourage them. Now look with me at Acts chapter 1. We're going to get there. I told you we'd get there. Acts chapter 1. I'm talking about moving from me just thinking about my ministry or thinking about my life, my job, my business, my family, my marriage, to thinking about developing other people to be part of this mission with me. In Acts chapter 1, we begin reading verse 6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Notice the focus. They want to be delivered from Roman oppression. They're looking for what, God, are you going to do? And how many of you know we take a passive approach in life? Many times we're asking God, what are you going to do? I'm waiting on you, waiting on you. And I want you to notice what Jesus does here. He shifts the discussion and he shifts the focus. He said, look, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times. They're not for you to know. Can I just say this? As long as I'm the senior pastor, we are not going to spend an inordinate amount of time pulling out prophecy maps and charts and trying to figure out or trying to tell you when Jesus is going to return. Because let me give you some biblical truth. No one knows. It's amazing how people kill one another over something that God himself says it's not for you to know. Now, can we know the seasons? Of course. Can we have an expectation? Yes. Are there general signs to be looking for? Yes. But will you put your ridiculous charts away and stop trying to tell me he's coming the day after tomorrow because of what you read in the Bible? You don't know, and you make a fool out of the rest of us. Now, stop it. Stop it. It's okay that there's some things that God has not chosen to speak clearly about. It just means we need to trust him. How many of you know he's trustworthy? So look what he says. He goes, that's none of your business. 
That's the father's business. But look at what he does next. There's a shift here that's so important. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He says, look, you're, you're focusing on the wrong things. I want you to be focused on being hero makers and being a part of my mission and my vision. Now, I wanna, what I'm going to share next, I want you to feel the full weight of this. Because sometimes we read that passage and we're like, hey, cool, whatever. Not sure I'm going to be a part of that or I can do that or whatever. But we, we, we take it like it's normal routine stuff. Jesus is talking to fishermen here. How many of you know most of the disciples were fishermen? They're blue-collar, hard-working guys. They don't travel the country. Fishermen stay by what? Water, and water doesn't move, all right? You've got to stay by the lake. You've got to stay by the ocean. Most of the people in, in Bible times never left their cities hardly. How many of you know traveling wasn't easy? You don't jump in your car and just take off or get on a plane, all right? You get on a, a horse or you walk or a mule or something else. Um, but it is difficult to travel. Listen to what Jesus says to me, or to us, to them. He says, you're going to receive power. Power for what? Jesus is being a hero maker here. You're going to be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. And then Jesus drops the bomb. In Jerusalem, their hometown, throughout Judea, their region, in Samaria, even with the dreaded Samarians, we have to go to Samaria to tell them about Jesus. Yes, you have to go to people not like you, people that maybe don't like you. And then he says, check this out, you're going to go on my behalf to the ends of the world. What does that mean to a bunch of people in Bible days who haven't hardly left their city? Now, just to show you, when we travel, I've been in India many, many times. One time in India, we took the opportunity while we were there to go see the Taj Mahal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You can see why it's one of the seven wonders of the world. But do you know, when I talk to most of our Indian relations there, our contacts there, and I ask them if they've ever seen the Taj Mahal, the answer across the board, no. You know why? Because most Indian people hardly get outside their region. Do you understand the weight of what Jesus just said? You are going to travel to the world. And you're going to be my witnesses to everyone, everywhere. These guys are still there with their net and their fishing pole going, what did he just say? (laughs) How many of you know when God speaks to us, his goal, if you really hear the Lord, nine times out of ten, he just blew your circuits. Because what he asked you to do or what he showed you he wants to do through you is so much bigger. And let me just tell you this. We should have a dream from God as a church family that is so big, just like that Great Commission, so big that everybody has to be engaged or we can't do it. Not something I can do, Pastor Dick can do, or any one of you can do. It has to be a vision so big that all of us have to be engaged at some level. That was the Lord's intent. So check out what he says here. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you power. You're going to be my witnesses. He's, he's, he's trying to expand their mind. And let me just tell you, did it work? Well, yeah, it worked because check this out. The apostle Peter said, I'm an apostle to the Jewish people. Isn't that amazing? How many of you know that's a pretty big swath of people? The apostle Paul understood his mission was as apostle to the Gentiles. Now, Jew and Gentile describe every single person that's on planet Earth. So how many of you know just being around Jesus expanded the Apostle Paul's understanding of his call? Just being around Jesus, this 
fisherman named Peter, who's always had his foot in his mouth, had his brain so expanded that he realized, I have a unique call as an apostle to Jewish people. That is humongous thinking on their behalf. I mean, you know, Jesus didn't stop. He said, I want you to go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations. Who did he say that to? Turn to the person next to you. See, he's talking to you. Tell him that. He's talking to you. How many of you feel like you're up for the task? Well, we should all go, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? But how many of you know that's what he wants us to do? Because he wants us to start thinking outside of our normal confines. In other words, I mean, you know, Jesus is a big thinker. And he wants the church to be a big thinker. Now let me finish this passage, and I want to end with an illustration this morning. Look what verse 9 says. After this, he was taken up into a cloud. And while they were were all watching, his ascension, what an amazing thing to see. And they could no longer see him. And as they strained into the heavens, trying to see, where did he go? Where did he go? I think think he's right there. You know how we do when we lit a balloon or something and we watch it as far as we can watch it. They're straining into the skies. Everybody's, Everybody's standing there like this. And look what happens next. I love this. These two white robed men show up, angels. And they said, men of Galilee, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Let me paraphrase this for you. What are you all doing staring at the clouds? We got some work to do. We got some work to do. Quit stargazing. Quit looking for blood moons or whatever everybody is looking at right now. Um, Why don't we start focusing on loving people? Why don't we start focusing on pursuing the gospel. Why don't we start focusing on lifting people? Why don't we start looking for something that's amazing that we could do to set people free? Why don't we just start loving our neighbor across the street? Why don't we start thinking about who has a greater need than us? Why don't we start watching the evening news and watching all the garbage and pain and suffering that's going on in the earth and let the Holy Spirit speak to us about something so big that would inspire us so much that we would be going, wow, God, I mean, I'm, I'm at Planet Fitness watching some video on the 700 Club about Syrian refugees and how all that they were going through with ISIS, and I am having a God encounter on the treadmill thinking, in fact, I came back to Pastor Dick, I said, what can we do to go love people that don't have a house, that don't have food, that have been raped and hurt and damaged and and left without anything? What can we do? How many of you know as soon as you shift from being the hero to being the hero maker, you move into a realm of incredible excitement? You have to believe God. You have to trust God. You have to, you have to get on your knees and say, how do we do this, Lord? Your heart gets broken with what breaks God's heart. You start having emotion. Tony, you start crying over things that you never cried about before because God wrecks your heart and you get your eyes off yourself and your problems and everything that's not going right. And you look out and you say, who in the world can I touch? Who can I love? How can I give my life away? What can I do? Instead of, God, how come you're not making me happy? How come you're not making me happy? Come on, man. Come on. I'm going to do something right now to end this service in a way that I hope you all see something like you've never seen before. Powerful. I want, is, is Pastor Aaron in here today? Is he out running? He's probably being a hero maker right now. All right, Jay, we're going to make this a family affair. Jason, we got two Jasons back there. I got two, I got two sons back there. Jason Ray, come on up here. Give Jason Ray a big hand. 
Now, he's a hero maker. He's a lover of people. He's an encourager. And you got the shirt on to prove it. Come on, you're back to serving. All right, but I'm going to put this cape on you right now because... Go ahead, turn. Because uh, today, you're going to miss the mark a little bit. All right? All right. Now, I just, I just blessed the brother and honored him so that you guys know that he's not really thinking of himself as a hero. But, but most of us, let me say, when we think of ourselves as, e- as a hero, we're not egomaniacs. We just think that we know our gifts, we know our ministry, we know what we're called to do, we're going to do it with all of our heart, but it's a subtle little thing because at the end of the day, it's still about us. Let me tell you how I know this, because if your ministry is not going good, you're depressed. And if your ministry is going great, you're prideful. That's how you know whether you're a hero or not, if it's still all about you. And I shared my own message. I've had two different times in my life when God spoke to me in a conservative amount of words to communicate to me that my life was still really all about me and it broke me it crushed me but then it also healed me in the process so this guy is a hero it's all right he loves God but he still hasn't figured out that God's called you to do something so big dude you can't do it by yourself you got to multiply your life through other people so I'm gonna have you go right over here I'm gonna have my mom come up here mom you didn't know this (laughs) yeah you didn't know you didn't know (laughs) All right, come on, give my mom a hug. Woo! Come on. Woo! 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 <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, that's a hero maker right there. I, I, and, uh, and man, has she made, made life and given life to so many people. So you're going to be an example of a hero maker and a hero maker, maker's life. Now let me just say this. this. This goes for whether you apply this to your family, whether you apply it to ministry at church. But, the, but either you're going to be the hero, the star of your show, or you're going to be a hero maker. Now here's what I want you both to do. You're going to go out and you're going to just touch somebody. You're going to love somebody uh, figuratively, all right? But I'm, I want you to go out and just grab somebody's hand and bring them up here with you, all right? Yep, go out and grab somebody, bring them up here with you. You don't have to know them. I mean, you could, go, you could go meet somebody new to love on. Hey, if you're new here today, I'm not going to freak you out, I promise. You're, all you'll have to do up here is stand here and smile. You don't even have to smile, but please cooperate or you'll mess everything up. All right, thank you. Oh, what a beautiful choice. All right. So, all right, now let's, let's look at their fruit. Count how much fruit they have here. One, two, all right? How many we have over here? Okay, good. So would you say that the fruitfulness of their lives at this point is pretty even? Okay, good. You guys are sharp. All right. Now, Jay is the hero still. So I want you to go out. Brent's going to stay put because he's in your life group. Let's just, say, let's just say these are life groups, all right? He's in your life group. Praise God, man. You witnessed to him at work. He showed up. Yeah, you're the man. All right, go do it again. Now, mom's a hero maker, though. She realizes that this vision that God's given us is so big, she can't do it by herself. So she pours into her fruit, her disciple. She teaches her to be a hero maker. Now, Rachel, I want you to go out and you touch somebody. Mom, I want you to go touch somebody else and bring them back up here, all right? <laughs> you know, everybody's looking down at their shoes and stuff. And <laughs> I understand this is some people's worst nightmare. All right, now let's count the fruit. Count with me. One, two, three. Okay, count over here. One, two, three, four. 
Okay, would you say there's that much difference in fruitfulness? Yes. No. Four, three, difference of... Okay, you all get it. Now let me just mention, as a teachable moment here, this is growing and impacting through addition. This is growing through multiplication. How many of you, they're both kingdom. Let me tell you what's not kingdom. Subtraction and division. Some Christians are in the devil's school of mathematics. All they do is subtract or divide. I'm just telling you, if you're in either of those two camps, you're in the wrong school. We're in addition and multiplication. Now, hey, dude, you're doing a great job. Your, your front room's filling up. The couch is full. I'm proud of you, man. You, you, Good, man. You, this guy is up for life group leader of the year. We're going to put your... We're going to put your picture in the hallway, and uh, it's going to be all right. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. All right, ladies. Now, you can also reach men for the Lord. You can reach children. You know, this is multi-gender here, all right? But, so you guys go out. You're doing a great job. Go love somebody. Go touch somebody, all right? Go find somebody. Bring them. Oh, this is so great. Oh, awesome. Oh, Look at these people getting done. Even children are coming into the kingdom. This is so awesome. Come on, look at young people. Oh, praise God. Way to go. Great job. Even young men are getting saved. This is incredible. All right, now count with me. All right, count with me. Whoa, something radical just took place. We just reached a tipping point. We just doubled the amount of fruitfulness simply by shifting from being the hero to being hero makers. All right? You guys know what to do. Go love somebody. Hey, Jay, you're rocking it, dude. Look at man. I just got your life group cell leader report, and you are growing. The cape is flowing. In fact, we're going to have you do a training session so you could train others. Your secrets. You need to write a book, too, by the way. All right, go out and find somebody. Wow, this is beautiful. We even have daughters leading fathers to the Lord. This is incredible. I love it. Even Cub fans are coming to Christ. This is unbelievable. Revival. Revival is breaking out. Cub fans are coming to know the Lord. All right, this is incredible. All right, count with me. Whoa, he started out with nobody. Five people now are saved coming to his house. This is incredible. But Mama, the hero maker, how are we doing over here? Now, are you guys having fun doing what you're doing? I mean, are you, the, the group's growing. There's like momentum in this place. Are you hearing what I'm saying? People are getting touched. It's crazy what God's doing. And are you having fun touching people? Okay. We didn't, we didn't practice that line. Hold on a second. Now, you guys go out and do what you do, all right? Now, let's go over here to Jay. Now, you, now this group here, are you guys getting real tight? Oh, yeah. These guys are so tight. You know, that group over there does not have quality relationships like this group. Right. 
This group's going deeper. These relationships are so, so tight and so powerful. All right, you guys wait here on the couch because your leader has to go out and find somebody. But you wait on the couch, all right? He'll be back. He'll be back. Wow, Alabama fans are getting saved. It's crazy. <laughs> Crimson Tide. Okay, now, I'm not going to count them all right now, but I'm going to keep up the process here, okay? Now, notice, let me just tell this. Look at the diversity of this group. All right? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, the first three guys are bald-headed, all right? <laughs> Me, I... All right. <laughs> we, have, we have a little ethnic diversity, which is great. But for the most part, they're all kind of the same age, you know, all approaching middle-agedness, all right? But I want, you to look, I want you to look over here. This looks more like heaven, doesn't it? <laughs> you guys are beautiful. This is beautiful. We got senior saints. We got little kids. We got young and old. All different. We got different genders, different races. I mean, this is beautiful over here. This is awesome. All right, you guys know what to do. Hit the streets. Go love on somebody. All right, you guys. I'm proud of you guys. I am proud of you guys. Hey, who's who, who's bringing the coffee and the uh, cupcakes this week? You got donuts. All right, we got donuts coming. All right, good. Well, hey, you guys know what to do. Get your Bibles out. Have some Bible study. Hey, get the road, buddy. Go show us how it's done. Come on. This is incredible. Man, we got a move of God breaking out in here. This is beautiful. This is getting fun. Now, I'm trying to show you guys. Let's just pretend these are churches. Now, you know, this is a good guy right here. He's got the cape to prove it. This guy's authentic. This guy prays. He loves God. He reads his Bible. He loves people. There's nothing the matter with Jay. He's awesome. I vouch for the brother. He's awesome. But his limitation is it's still all about him just doing everything. And He's only going to be able to keep this up for so long. And then you know what's going to happen? He gets burned out. And then his group gets ingrown and gets weird. Half of them leave and join the church down the street. The other half don't even show up at church any longer. You all know what I'm talking about. It's to be weird. You know, been there, done that. That's because this is a boring place. (laughs) I mean, no, no offense, guys. But, you know, my point is, after we sat around for like 10 years at the same church in the same life group, touching the same people, or cheering our leader on as he's out there, after a while, you know, I'm sorry, but these guys are only so exciting, all right? Just ask their wives. I'm, oh, I'm just kidding. I didn't, need to say, I, didn't, I didn't need to say that. I'm just trying to add a little humor here this morning, all right? We need, we need revival in this group. And the way it happens is Jay doesn't start praying harder, reading his Bible more, working harder. It takes a shift in his head. And he starts going, you know, God has graced me to disciple men and to love men and to reach men. But what if I spent more time with these guys teaching them to do the same thing? And let me just say, let me just simplify this. 
I'm not even being complicated here. I'm just talking about loving somebody, being intentional about meeting a need in somebody's life, focusing on somebody who's hurting, and just helping them, be there for them. I'm not talking about having to preach sermons and stuff like that, and you'll get to that later, but I'm, I'm talking about loving people at the most basic level. Now, I want you guys just one more time, just one more time, grab somebody one more time. For, it's going to be awesome. Jay, do your thing, baby. Try for a little diversity, will you? Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a woman in this group. Come on, it's a breakthrough. It's a breakthrough happening. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is incredible. This is amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now I can, you guys are having fun. I'm look at all the laughter up here. People are going crazy. People are hugging, high-fiving. I mean, this is amazing. I want to go to that church. I want to go to that church. Now, let me just ask you this question. What is this lady right here feeling right now in her group? <laughs> Awkward! <laughs> Awkward! <laughs> okay. We don't want people to feel awkward. In fact, all of you still sitting out here, you're like, doesn't anybody love me? Yes, we do. We're just breaking off a rejection spirit off of all of y'all right now. Don't receive it. If I sent these guys out one more time, every one of y'all would be up on that church, all right? Isn't that the truth? If, all they came, if they came after you, every single one of us would be standing up. In fact, I want you to do that right now. I want you to, to fill in the gaps. Everybody get up. We're going to close right now. Fill, up, fill in the wall over there. Get in one nice big circle, all right? I want some of you guys to swing up by Alex so Alex doesn't have to move, but get him in our, our circle. Hey, Greg, swing the line up here by Alex. I want Alex included, and Bev as well, right behind. Wow, Jesus said this. I'm going to raise up my church. They're going to be broken, hurting, wounded, weak people. I'm going to fill them with my spirit. I'm going to send them on an assignment that's so big, they're going to reach the nations of the world. And it's going to be a movement. The devils can't stop it. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a movement that is unstoppable. We have a vision that should capture all of our lives. We're part of a family that's not just here, it's global. There's people loving Jesus all over the planets of the world. All over the, hey, that, that too. All over the nations of the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and here's, here's what I want you to see. Literally, that whole mob over there started, come on out here, mama, started from one person who just gets it. Not a special person. She would tell you she's a normal person. She's just like the rest of us. But she does do one thing really well. She loves the Lord and she loves people. And she gives her life away. So check this out. If one person could love one person and teach them to do the same thing and same thing and same thing, I mean, in a short amount of time, you have a movement that's happening. 
Now listen to me. The devil hates a, a, a multiplication. I'm sorry. The devil hates multiplication. He can tolerate addition. He hates multiplication. Do you know when the children of Israel received the greatest attack from the Egyptians is when they noticed they were multiplying. Things that multiply catch the attention of the enemy. He hates it. But I'm just telling you, God loves it. And let's be God lovers, and let's be more concerned with what the Lord wants to do, and let's be very focused on lifting people, loving people, healing people, and then teaching them to do the same thing. This is not rocket science, folks. We can do this. In fact, the Lord's commanded us to do this. So here's what we're going to do. Jay, come on out here. We're going to defrock you. You've been a great... You have been a great son of the house. You've been a lover of people. Your, your marriage is rocking. Uh, you're, you're a great man. But you know what? We're taking the cape off because it does not work, all right? Get rid of the cape. And we are now commissioning you to be a hero maker. So you're going to go out and teach all those amazing people in your life group how to do what you're doing. And here's what happens. Dream with me, will you please? Did you see what a short amount of time it was to go from just one or two different to double to quadruple? I mean, this is just called the law of exponential, the exponential curve, right? Exponential growth. This is mathematics. How many of you think God could do something through little old living stones if we just really got this and we really allowed ourselves to be used by God, trained by the Lord, and we became hero makers? I want to pray for us right now. In fact, I'm going to get up close to my mom. You didn't know I was going to do all this to you today. I'm going to get close to my mom because the microphone's on my cheek. This is not weird. She's my mom but she's going to pray through the microphone on my cheek for all of us oh. so, she, so you can hear, all right? Yeah. yeah. You didn't know you were doing this, no. did you? <laughs> Only her son can get her to do these things, by the way. Don't any of you try it. It will end bad. But I want you to pray for us just for an anointing of multiplication and for that, for that uh, hero maker uh, vision to get really deep within our hearts. Father, in Jesus' name, we just received the word of the Lord this morning. God Put a fresh impartation in our heart, Father God, for the lost, for multiplication, for uh, a release of the spirit of uh, self and uh, instant gratification and uh, just a, Father, just a laying down of our life before you, a fresh and a new, Father. Ignite the vision in us, Father. Amen. Give us creative ideas. Give us uh, a creative... Uh, initiative, Father. Show us, show us and teach us, Father. We submit ourselves to you and, and, and to your uh, tutelage, Father. Help us to submit to you, Father, and to grow. Father, we just bless these people here this morning. We thank you for their lives. We thank you for the anointing that's on the house, Father God. We bring you all the glory, Father. We can't do this without you. We thank you for the Spirit, Father, that empowers us, that leads us, that teaches us, Father, as we humbly submit our ways to you. We bless you, Father. Bless these people, Father God. Increase in every, every, every area of their life, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, one more hand for Jesus.